Hey, what's up, everybody? And happy Thursday. This is Jay with a quick editorial note. Uh, this is episode 76, and we are featuring an interview with one of Greg's friends and now one of our friends, Mr. Gabriel Riccio. So we had such a great conversation. Uh, we talked for almost two hours. Uh, so we we decided to kind of break this episode up into two parts. Uh, so this first episode uh, is the first half of the interview where we talked to Gabe about his solo projects, uh, his history in music, and some of his outlook on life and, and music and his work. Then next week, we're going to be talking to him about his work doing transcriptions of some of the classic King Crimson albums. So if you're interested in that stuff, stay tuned next week. That part of the interview will be out. And this week, we present to you Mr. Gabriel Riccio. Thanks, guys. Well, 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 well. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, boys. Hey, here Welcome. we are. How's everybody doing? Happy Pretty, Thursday. Happy Thursday. Indeed. Yeah. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's been a, yeah. been a cr- crazy week since last time. Yes. Yeah, Greg, you back on the West Coast? I am, indeed. It's good. Been, it's been okay. It's been good, you know. Safe uh, travels? Yep. No, no issues. Were you on that Trump, that uh, plane back with all the Trump supporters? Oh yeah, I was actually. Yeah, okay. really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They convinced me that I didn't need my mask or anything. They were oh, good. They were they, were, they were they were nice. They were nice. You it have always been gullible. Yeah, they had they had <laughs> they provided a lot. Of, I some of them gave me some face. It was really nice. Oops. Okay, that's good. All right, yeah. I, I see that you got a new shirt on. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, you know, I. It was interesting. They really kind of, they really opened my eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you had been sleeping. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, yes. I was wake up. I'm up. What? They called. They called. They they called me like sheeple or something. Yeah, yeah. I learned. They had a nice new vocabulary. You know, I was. I was really. They were really interesting people. Yeah, it's, it's a shame you got on the Trump train right as it's pulling right back into the station where it left. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> on on its, its way out the door. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely. Um, Wait, it, I, I was just I was just getting to know these people, and You're right. was, you know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be sorry to see him go. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, here we are. We're gonna be talking about music. I, I think usually, that's, about usually that's what we do. Much. Usually. Yeah, let's 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 stick to music tonight. Okay. This is episode seventy six, and yeah, uh, let's uh, let's get this bad boy started. What do you say, guys? I'm into it. it. And yes, that's right. As previously stated, this is episode seventy six of You Should Check It Out. And my name is Jay, and I'm Nick, and I'm Greg, and we have a awesome show for you tonight. We got something special. This is our very first interview of 2021. Yeah. Woo! Hopefully yeah. first of well, many. Well, hopefully. We, we don't know if he's available. We, I, oh, that's that's you true. I should Greg, <laughs> you, were, you were supposed to conf- Did you, you confirm had one with job. him? You oh. had one job. No, no, Greg, yeah, that was that was you. You said you were going to confirm the guest. He's your friend. You said you would... Mm. That's why we announced it last week. You I called him, right? Well, uh, um... I, I meant to, and then you know, I, I I got on this new. I found this cool new website uh, called Parlor, and I got <laughs> I got totally sucked in. I'm so yeah, sorry. People turn you on to Parlor. Head all jacked up. I'm really yeah. sorry about that, guys. Jeez. One job. Uh, One job. Well, you know, he, he he might still be. He he might just be hanging out. Should we you tell? Think, him? Yeah, let's blind dial him on a Monday night. I'm sure. That'd be great. Do you mean perfect. Thursday morning? Huh? Whatever time it is, I don't even yeah. care. I'm so angry. It's Thursday morning at six a.m. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Eastern time. It was, well, it's, you know it's, what? it's actually three in what? three a.m. You know what, Sunday night for you me. You know what, yeah. Greg? What? Let's let's just give it a shot. All right. You know. Well, let, let, let's. You, know, let, you you've dangled the rope. Let's hmm. uh, let's go there. All right. Well, should we, let, let's let's let everybody know who it is we're actually trying to call. Oh, if okay. I may. If sure. you feel that's sure. necessary, sure. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's your show. Uh, is it? Oh, great! <laughs> this is you should check it out. <laughs> My name's I'm your host Greg Lum. He's been uh, to this moment for like yeah. two years. Yeah, that's legally binding right there. Uh, all right. So anyway, we have uh, with us. We'll see. Hopefully, a good friend of mine, a uh, yeah, okay. and so and uh, someone I've gotten a, a, a chance to work with in the past. Um, a really talented musician and. Um, 
composer, all kinds of different various hats that he can wear in the music field. His name is Gabriel Riccio. We call him Gabe for short. And uh, we're going to give him a buzz here and see if he picks up. Okay. All right, Jay, do you have his number? I don't even have his number. Damn it. Could you at least text me the number? Uh, I don't have a phone. This right, is, I'll just uh, dial yeah. a random number. Uh, okay. There you go. Huh. It's not the right time signature, but I think you hit the right numbers. Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's a landline, so it's don't forget the seven. Oh, right. yeah. it's ringing. Oh, somebody's ringing. There's no way, there's no way he's going to pick up. For the last time, I told you, I don't want to renew my car insurance. But, Gabe, Gabe, it's not, it's not Geico, it's Greg. Oh, I'm, yeah, <laughs> easy mistake to make, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you saw the G, you saw the G. They're you both just in the Gs. They're yeah, both yeah. in the Gs. <laughs> Gabe, I, I totally spaced. I was gonna ask you to do the podcast. Uh, you're not free, right? Are you? Are you like free right now? You want to just? You want to talk to us? Yeah, about you know, music? I'm 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 on COVID time. You know, there's there's not really <laughs> any time is free. That's right. right. We do still have that thing. That's right. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> well, why welcome, I have been waiting. Welcome, guys. Mr. Gabe Riccio, to the podcast. Yes. Gabe, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give uh, everyone a little bit of an intro because I didn't really get to do justice here. But Gabe, he's a, he's a composer, like I said. He's a producer. He's a vocalist, multi-instrumentalist, transcriber, engraver. He was, he's living in Chicago. Um, I, when I first met Gabe, he was living in Maryland. He's actually a collaborator of Travis Orbins. And All if right. you guys uh, okay. remember Travis, the yeah, uh, drum drumming phenomenon from... Uh, from the same town of Salisbury, Maryland. I, what's in the water over there, Gabe? <laughs> well, uh, technically, uh, Travis is actually just over the border in Delaware. No, oh, that's so right. Not the same town, but that's very close. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's the Eastern Shore, though. Come on. Well, it's the yeah, same. Yeah, it's yeah. the same water source, really. Yeah, it is the same water right. source. The okay. Chesapeake Bay watershed, I think. <laughs> right. We just don't pay for... taxes on that side or something. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So let me let me let me just tie this all up though, you know, because because Gabe doesn't want to say this about himself, so I'll say it. But um, <laughs> his his uh, his album is under the name Ga the Gabriel Construct, which featured Travis and another good friend of ours, Tom Murphy, who's a talented bass player. Both Tra Tom and Travis were part of the uh, one of the original lineups of the metal band Periphery, and those guys are still playing a lot. The record is really really great. It's called In Interior City. Um, if you're into uh, like uh, dense, progressive music, it's definitely something I would say to check out. Um, right. And incorporated a lot, all kinds of stuff, and really, I think pushed Tom and Travis to some of the best playing I've heard them do. And uh, it was it was really great because um, after they recorded that, Gabe reached out to me and and uh, wanted to record some stuff for the next record. So that's been in the works for a while. And, nice. um, but also Gabe has, he has like 10 projects going on at a time. And <laughs> interestingly enough, Gabe, you, you, uh, also just transcribed some music for some of our heroes, the, the King Crimson Heck yeah. crew. Yeah. So, wow. Um, so we'll get to talking about that, but first, uh, Gabe, I'd love to, um, to kind of share with the audience what it is that you do. So why don't I let you talk for a minute and maybe we can play a clip. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'm a little bit all over the place in music. I uh, make records, though I haven't been doing as much of that for a long time. The focus kind of hasn't been on my own material as much. I've been doing a lot more uh, engraving and uh, transcription work, teaching, engineering. Um, actually recorded Afro Man in this apartment. Uh, that was an adventure. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that that happened, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I've been picking up new instruments. Uh, I've been trying to, you know, learn guitar and bass. So I'm normally a keyboardist and singer, and uh, you know, oh, have a really? drum background as well. So I just wanted to to round it all out, kind of get the the full compliment there. Um, That's incredible. I I was listening to back to uh, some of your earlier compositions and and. The Gabriel concert stuff, and I, I, I had assumed that you played guitar and all of that stuff. No, that, that was actually, uh, you know, a, a good buddy of mine who I've known since about first grade, David Stivelman. Oh wow, um, that's cool. So you played keys and vocals on that? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. And a bunch of random assorted noise and stuff. <laughs> mm, there's know. definitely a lot of that. 
Um, yeah. Yo, can we can we cue up that first clip? Is it too early? I, I, I want to I want to give people an idea of what the hell it is we're talking about here. Oh sure, the Gabriel construct. Yes. Um, uh, this is the inner sanctum. Uh, Gabe, do you want to set it up? Uh, sure. Yeah. So this um, this this record came out seven years ago. Uh, just heads up. You know, it's pretty old by now. But um, yeah. In in terms of uh, what I was thinking about with this song, you know, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of this band, Failure, as Greg knows. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, they had this this demo uh, from their second record uh, that didn't make it onto the album where they're doing this. Uh, this thing where the bass and the guitar were playing uh, power chords in contrary motion, you know, different power chords to, to create larger harmony. Uh, and it was a really cool effect and some really cool chords came out of it. So I thought like, I, I want to do something like that, you know, and that was kind of the basis of the course of this song. And then I said, all right, I'm going to drop a beat every third bar of a four chord progression and make it so there's a bar seven, eight that's happening first on the third chord and then on the first and fourth chords, then on the second chord. Um, but then as, the, the as vocals you do are, right. arbitrary yeah. rules, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but the vocals right. are just going to ignore this, right? They're just going to power through as if it's just in four four. <laughs> um, and then I was uh, I, I saw this uh, collaborative composition at a Bang on a Can marathon called uh, Shelter, and the second movement of that piece had these uh, uh, sopranos singing in, in seconds in really tight harmony. Uh, Ooh doing these dissonant downward glissandos and I thought, you know, I need to steal that too and uh, I was uh, <laughs> listening to a bunch of uh, like Messian's Oratorio The Transfiguration, these these big dissonant choral pieces that end mm-hmm. each uh, of the two parts of the piece and uh, and I just thought, you know I'm just going to put all that in a blender and then that's going to be this <laughs> song, you know and then, and then the second half is which we're not going to hear is something entirely different um, you know, it's a more slow dirge, uh, deftonesy kind of vocal thing, so yeah. Nice. Cool. Cool. Well, let's give it a listen. This is Inner Sanctum. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing in 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 reading through, um, and we'll put this in the show notes, but the GabrielConstruct.com, your website, is how how well you documented this process. Like it 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 seemed to me like somebody that's going to document this this well, that's also the kind of person that's going to be like transcribing. Well, well, did you have this planned out the entire way through? Like, are you were you recording all sessions with the intent of publishing this on the website? Like, it's so well organized. It's just I it's, I don't know. I was very impressed. Wow, you actually uh, really dug back there, huh? That's cool. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, didn't know anyone was still finding that stuff. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, this was a, a concept record. You know, I, I, in retrospect, it was probably a stupidly ambitious debut, you know, and I almost wish that I had started with something smaller, you know, because I went into the studio having never professionally recorded a song before, and I said, all right, I'm going to make this, you know, 72 minute long concept <laughs> record, you know, yeah. that gets up to like 200 layers at once. And, uh, you know, it was foolhardy. It was, it was, it was kind of moronic, really. <laughs> it's like, no, a, no, it's ambitious we, as hell, I think is a better way to put it. That's right. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And, and it's good. It's good. It's like, it's like an evil Jacob Collier. 
<laughs> Evil Jacob Carr. I did it first. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's actually it's it's been cool because I I revisited this record. Um, you know, knowing knowing that Gabe, or hoping that Gabe would come on the podcast, and um, definitely brought me back because I I actually did get you know I I genuinely as a fan was listening to this record. And uh, I don't think you should. Be, you don't need to apologize for being ambitious, man. No. Yeah, you know, like it's it's it's. You know, I understand. It's very difficult these days to hit the target. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a it was a, it was a great effort, and I think that that still is there. You know. Thanks. Yeah, I, I was really struck by you know listening through that album. You know, of course, the musicianship throughout is just just incredible it's just top tier and just and and like you said the the ideas and the concepts are so ambitious and i i really respect that because i know whenever nick and i were in music school that's we aspired to do those kind of ambitious things we never were able to pull them off but um the thing that struck me the most man was 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 your vocals Uh, they really they really cut and you record them so so dry and so you you take tones from chords that would normally sound dissonant and you and you ride them through several chord changes until they resolve and sometimes they don't and that's really it's a brave thing for any vocalist to do because sometimes it just sounds wrong until it sounds right you know and some people are not going to respond to that at all they're going to think it just sounds wrong but that that's a really brave thing as a vocalist to do and i really appreciated that thanks yeah i mean it really is a lot more delicate you know uh when you're dealing with uh, other instruments, I think you can really get away with a lot more dissonance easily than you can with vocals because vocals yeah. are just going to sound wrong a lot faster. Yep. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's, it, it wasn't even necessarily something that I was thinking of as, uh, oh yeah, you know, this is, this is a, a daring thing to do. It was just kind of, you this know. is how I want it to be. Yeah, it's just it just reflected yeah. what I was listening to and the sounds I liked, yeah. and and that was kind of it, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, de- and and definitely when I um started uh, working with Gabe a little bit, getting inside his head and noticing the chords, and you know he he's a pianist, so there's definitely times where as a pianist who knows and understands the guitar but doesn't always understand the limits, you know, <laughs> or, or the right. you know the advantages and disadvantages. It's like. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, you know, you can do this, you know, and and he's like, hey, that's cool. Other times I'm like, I cannot do that, man. Like, the, the hell, like you know, this, this is, you know, this chord is too is too dense. We have to break this up into two parts or something like that, you know. It's it, some of the things that you uh, think of, Gabe. Like you mentioned before, like the the vocals being harmonized in seconds, which to someone who might not know the theory is like basically two notes that are close together. Mm-hmm. Like a C and a D or something like that. I don't know if those are C or D, but like that would be the inner. Mm-hmm. You know, if you played both of those together, it's becomes hard to tell which one is which. But it also has the potential for a really cool effect when you know what you're doing. Yeah, and, I, and that, you definitely hear that a lot in Interior City. Definitely, I kind of want to start a, a power chord band with two guitarists where. Uh, you know, they're both just playing power chords together, but a major second apart the entire right. time. Um, I, d- I did a little remix of Metallica's Sad But True, trying this concept out. I thought it sounded great. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd hear that. I'd listen to Where's that. Where's that clip, man? I want to hear that. I don't think that's online, but I, I can fix that. <laughs> did you do the that's vocals, too? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything nice. is uh, harmonized. The drums, too, because I just had the stereo recording. It's all, yeah. Nice. That's Beautiful. fun. <laughs> Very cool, yeah, man. But well, uh, go, sorry, Jay. Go ahead. Well, where where did you get uh, your training? I saw online that you went to to Swarthmore College. You, you were a, a music major there. Yeah, yeah. And you you actually completed your degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is speaking as two guys that uh, did not. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean uh, that's fair enough because honestly, I think. Uh, there's some really major problems in music pedagogy, especially on the theory front, you know, and you mm-hmm. get started uh, with that and they just don't give you any context for anything, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, people end up taking a, a semester to a theory and then they come away thinking like, oh, I got these rules that uh, I'm not supposed to break, you know, I can't write parallel fifths or whatever. This is how music's mm-hmm. supposed to work. And it's just like, that was not the point of that at all. But right. nobody told you the point. 
so you had no way of knowing what it was you know and so yeah. i can so yeah i mean it, it is and it can be frustrating to go through that so i, I totally but were you like generally um, I, did you agree with the approach generally that's that's worth more took did you enjoy your your time there yeah, well, I mean, I, I studied composition with uh, Gerald Levinson, who was a, a student of Olivier Messiaen and uh, his translator as well. And I mean, that was really just super, super valuable to me. You know, I got a whole lot out of that. And, uh, you know, the theory stuff I, I warmed up to by the end, too. You know, I started understanding the context and the point and where it was coming from. Um, and it was it was just a little tricky early on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because the point is uh, to teach you how to think about music, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's supposed to be descriptive, not prescriptive. It's not a set of rules. It's just uh, here's some language to describe what's going on. And now we're going to pick some styles as examples and break down how those styles happen, you know? And I think instead, a lot of the time, it just ends up being like, well, here's the rules, whereas really it's like, no, here's the rules the uh, retrospective trends of this style. You know, that's really what's going on. And the mm-hmm. point of this analysis is just to, to learn how to uh, to think about this and apply that same logic to any other style that you're working with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah I always wish that there was a 35-year-old me sitting on my 20-year-old shoulder saying, now you will appreciate this. This right. sounds like a bunch of mm-hmm. BS right now, but you will appreciate <laughs> these. These are good rules. You don't have to follow them, but they're teaching you the language, right? Right. Right. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to hear that when I was twenty years old. Yeah, I mean, I didn't at first either, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I mean, yeah. the programs very much are like trying to teach you like the bird clock. Not now. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Hey, bird. He's bird clock. Really <laughs> wasn't part of this conversation. Chime in. Anyway, before we were so rudely interrupted, um, <laughs> the uh, it, part of it is like they're trying to teach you like the rules of language much like elementary school like grammar and parts of speech crap and then all of a sudden it shifts to like creative writing and i think a lot of programs don't know when that pivot occurs never not to mention the students like and also the 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 range of expertise coming into like a program oftentimes is is so disparate that like to to catch up to here sometimes they're harping on the rules when everybody else wants to go and and create so yeah it's it always was a was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I mean if you're you're learning the parts of speech at least in English, you already know how to speak English, right? And therefore <laughs> right, right, right. you at least have some level of intuitive understanding of why you're learning this and what the point is, right? Mm-hmm. So I think just to, just some context straight out the gate uh, right before anything else is taught would make a world of difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would really help. My experiences in uh, in school were a little different. I was doing uh, a math degree, as Nick and Jay know, <laughs> and <laughs> bashing my head into the wall every every night. Um, that's right. I remember the <laughs> anger. I don't remember the math. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's where it all came from. Uh, no, but um, I was yeah. Greg's Greg sitting down there like, hey. How'd music class go, guys? We're <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we're failing. <laughs> it was, you know, it's, it's kind of like you know, grass is greener because at the time I was craving, you know, just more, give me more. And luckily, I did manage to land a spot in the UMD jazz ensemble, which then gave me guitar lessons. And so I was, mm-hmm. I had, I, I was getting some of my fill. But you know, for me, the the theory has always been just a way to digest and break down things to the point where I can just hear it and recognize it. You know, being more of um maybe like an improviser. I mean, composing and improvising aren't that different. You yeah. Know. I had a teacher really who said uh, com- composing yeah. is improvising slowly. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's the other way around. Uh, but at the same time, I just, I love having the, uh, I love working on being able to recognize a sound and then react to it in real time. Yeah. That to me is like, so, you know, that's the goal for me. At least well, right I mean, now. that's honestly the entire point. That's That's the whole point. That's yeah. it right there. There, There isn't really anything more to that, you know, and that's just also to be able to say, I want to express this right now. Yes. Here's the tool to do it. You know, I have that tool straight off the top of my head because yeah. uh, because I studied this or whatever, you know, and so yeah. it's right there. But then, um, but then, you know, it also be, it also involves having an instrument to translate it to 
in real time and that's where all the shedding and all the all the practicing and all the you know all the technique comes in handy you know and so it's a lot to take in but definitely the the academic approach is something that people kind of debate i would say uh, Mm -hmm. quite a bit you know as far as like the music school and how no, no, <laughs> no. I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, Nick and I went to UMBC, which is, uh, you know, it's um, they fancy themselves as like a new music, uh, like a kind of avant-garde hotbed for composers, and and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, the staff was very like on board with the idea of teaching twentieth-century musical ideas, but you know, most of the students that went there didn't necessarily come into the school knowing that. Or wanting to do that kind of music necessarily. Right. Now, Nick and I gravitated towards kind of avant-garde experimental music naturally, you know, through a love of Frank Zappa and and John Cage and people like that. But like, mm-hmm. and so we liked that. But people like my wife, who actually graduated from UMBC with a music degree, mm-hmm. didn't ever really love the kind of experimental music. So it's tough, like going into a program. You just as a high school kid you just want to play music and you you think you go, you're going to a university to study music but if the uh, curriculum is designed in such a way to, to to shunt you into such a into into a corner it can be tricky and yeah, but I mean, that, that's the reason i wanted to get some idea about what was going on at swarthmore that yeah. that led you to uh graduate and bloom as a composer yeah i mean coming into it i didn't really have uh any of uh, any background in that either and um you know i think i was introduced to some of my favorite music there and that that really changed my perspective a lot you know including the aforementioned messy and uh, ligety um just all all the the 20th century stuff didn't really get into much of the last 50 years you know but uh but you know i mean that was that stuff really had a big impact on me and uh you know i think as far as having a program that's really new music oriented that's that's really cool you know because uh i didn't really come out of it with a sense of knowing what was going on right now you know hmm. um mm-hmm. and i would have liked that and you know i think making it as a composer in the new music scene is really really tough because uh orchestras aren't really available anymore right yeah. mm-hmm. um you know they're they're just play in the classics they've kind of turned into a museum because that's what their funding wants them to be and uh so you know i did the the chamber music circuit for a bit actually after graduating really? you know I, I did uh the whole submitting my pieces to groups and uh you know going down to kentucky or wherever to see him performed and stuff it was a whole lot of all right so i uh did this thing i traveled pretty far to see it performed <laughs> poorly to no audience <laughs> and what now you know yeah, yeah. well that's fascinating mm-hmm. to me because I, the reason i was kind of leading you down this path is because i was watching on your on your website your piece between entwines yeah that you perform with sophia udin udin yeah udin yeah you just missed and her she did just miss her oh sorry yeah. sorry It's gorgeous. I mean, that's a beautiful piece. I really, really loved that, and I thought it was really just very dramatic and beautiful, and just it was it was great. And I uh, I just wonder why I wanted to ask the question of why you stepped away from doing that kind of music. Uh, Sophia and I wrote that together, and uh, that's actually one of the very few I would say successful 
experiments in collaborative writing that I've ever had, you know. I've never really mm-hmm. been able to do the uh, democratic band situation. I've had very <laughs> few opportunities to do it, really, but, uh, yeah. um, you know, it's just never quite... Uh, That's tough. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I don't know how any democratic band ever finishes any music you know i'm I'm reading bill bruford's autobiography right now and uh hearing about the inner workings of yes and stuff it's just like how how does how does anybody do this Mm -hmm. you know i don't understand it's never about the self-creative it's about the it's about the the groups yeah the group vision and that's that is a hard thing to get behind if you're not yeah right yeah that's hard dude i want to hear i want to hear some more music can we can we play another clip uh, Gabe, your choice. We we could we do either build or hiding a light right now. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's do hiding a light. Let's show Greg off. Oh, I'm on this. Yeah, oh. I chose a Greg oh, solo. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't know All what right. this is. I don't know which one this is. I'll know. Shocker. I'll know it as soon as I hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play it. Yeah, play it. All, All right, right hiding the light. Travis, Woo! good lord! That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember. So I remember tracking that now. Oh man. <laughs> now, did you did you produce that yourself, Gabe? Uh, yeah, and the the mix isn't finished. You know, I still need to reamp the guitars. I haven't finished the vocals, and so it's it's not really mixed yet. And uh, I I should also say that was a debut uh, of oh. of that little clip. Uh, so that mm-hmm. is I never knew. Um, uh, you should check right. it out exclusive. Uh, indeed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Holy yeah, just, just for you guys. Um, Thank you so much, sir. Well, I yes, love it, man. And, and I, I would just say, you know, if you were doing the mixing on that, like everything is really crisp and clean and clear and you can hear all the parts. And I love the fact that you give space to the sax. It's not just a it's not just a filler voice in there it's it's really well done i, I love yeah, it it's got its own spot yeah. yeah thanks it's yeah i mean i've been working on it it's uh you know when i started all this out you know demos for interior city just sounded hilariously bad they captured the vibe i wanted them to catch but you know i, I didn't <laughs> even though i'd done a studio internship and everything by that point you know i, I didn't really have any sense of, of how to do this so it's uh, been kind of a gradual <laughs> learning process the whole engineering and mixing thing you know so how do you build these on. tracks do you start with what do you start with I guess uh, I can start at the piano. I can start at guitar. This one started at guitar. Um, last one started at piano, and uh, or I can just write directly into notation software. So I usually score the whole thing out. Uh, I arrange it. I give everyone sheets, and then uh, it's recorded from there. And then if anybody has any, you know, fun stuff to add in the process, then I love that. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I could definitely say that uh, Gabe comes comes at it with a very you know meticulous organized way but then you know but then there is freedom within that that's cool you know um and uh one thing that i always appreciated about gabe is you know if we were tracking something we would go through it and then let's say we get to the section where there's a guitar solo and now it's like okay like let's do a couple takes and when we find the take Gabe's like, all right, hold on. Before we move any further, how did you play that exactly? And then we like go back through <laughs> and have to like remap the entire solo. And he sits there and tabs it, but it only takes like five minutes with Gabe because he's just like a finale wizard. 
Oh, that's what yeah, you're using, right, Gabe? Finale? Uh, Sibelius, actually. Yeah, I'm nice. still on Sibelius, oh, Sibelius. 7. Uh, I'm sorry, Sibelius. I got it mixed up. Old version. But yeah, he's, he's like um, crazy fast on Sibelius. And so he's just incredible. like, you know, and then, and what, what I appreciate that is like, if I ever have to play that again, at least it's, <laughs> at least it's in his computer somewhere. You got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you noticed, Nick, I am a pretty, uh, relentless documentarian and I, I like to, yeah. uh, just get everything really set in stone. So it's like, uh, for any reason need to reference that score again, uh, or, uh, you know, if I want to put it out in the future, yeah. Um, then no, man, hats there. off, and I respect you know. the hell out of that. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, oh, man. So, how, when when did this get? When was this? How long have you been working on this? What's the story? About eight years. <laughs> this one's a while. Okay. Uh, yeah? yeah. So I, I guess I kind of owe people an explanation here, like why the <laughs> hell haven't you put out a record in eight years? You know, and uh, you know, an- another thing from Bruford's autobiography, he kind of groups musicians into being programmers or performers right and the programmer slaves over the studio forever maybe releases an album or two a decade everything has to be perfect and the performer is always ready to go with the live band really thrives on improvising playing live you know does an album or two a year i'm very much in the programmer camp not the performer (laughs) camp you know but uh honestly the the real reason is uh depression honestly you know okay that's that's the truth and uh you know so Kind of, How's that been going? Uh, good. You know, it's it's uh, last year and a half has been a lot better. Uh, wow, it's, it's really been on the upswing, and I've been a lot more creative as a result again. Um, but you know, I think what kind of happened is uh, I did that first record, and you know, I had such such a strong idea of what uh, I was aiming for with that, and you know, I, I'd never really I'd never made a record in the studio before, so there mm-hmm. was a lot of kind of like. You know, the engineer's like, we're going to do this now. I'm like, why are we doing this? And uh, <laughs> it's like, well, that's uh, just how you do it these days, you know, with no sense of, well, the record I'm trying to make is not, you know, what people are used to hearing these days. Like, it's kind right. of the opposite of the point, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it didn't really... So, it's, it's sonically, it didn't end up capturing, I think, what I was aiming for at all. And, uh, you know, that that really got me down. But I also think I had this sense of, uh, like, I was going to use it as this therapeutic process, you know, and I was going to work it. It was going to fix you. Yeah. 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 And I thought I'd, like, get to the end of it and I'd listen through and I'd just have this big cry and release all this stuff. And that totally didn't end up happening at all. Right. <laughs> um, and then there was kind of this <laughs> sense of panic of, oh, I need to stay busy. I need to stay busy. I need to start making another record right now, you know? <laughs> and that's what I mm-hmm. did. And that's, uh, when most of those sessions with Greg happened were right then. And then uh, kind of in the middle of those sessions, I happened to move to Chicago and uh, had a couple sessions as a session singer that were super, super demoralizing. Really? Uh, and it just got to the point where even though I moved to Chicago with, uh, with this record uh, in progress, with a record from another band I was in back in Maryland, like mostly recorded, uh, you know, uh, and a whole bunch of other material for, for maybe three other possible records you know i just couldn't work on anything anymore yeah. uh just i had kind of no self-confidence left you know and there was a feeling wow. that m- maybe what i was trying to do was actually impossible and there right. wasn't a point you know and and uh the the lyrics and vocals were a big thing too because you know having sort of my uh, uh self-confidence crushed a bit and in, uh, in doing those sessions it was like I, I could not get a vocal take that I was happy with to save my life, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's honestly been probably the biggest holdup on the record you just heard the clip from because, uh, I mean, there's still, I think there's there's two more songs I want to record for it at this point, which are not finished uh, yet on the composition side, but, uh, but yeah, it was just getting lyrics and vocals down, you know, I tried over and over again and uh, it just wasn't happening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the hardest part, man. It's, uh, it's, really the part where you're kind of especially as a composer you're laying yourself down you you can you can play piano parts or guitar parts or drum parts or marimba parts all day long and and say that they are you spilling out onto the you know onto the tape or whatever it is but whenever you step up to a mic and speak tenfold right (laughs) it's 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 a different experience I, i hear you on that right and you know i think that's kind of where you know the transcription stuff turned into a bit of a saving grace too because i could work on that no problem yeah, yeah. you know i could binge doing that stuff all day 
no issue. But when it came to my own creative work, you know, forget about it. <laughs> and honestly, as somebody who, I mean, I am a programmer by day on computers and also that that is my approach to music as well. But I've always been scared of it not being perfect and I've yeah. never, never finished anything for that reason. So, <laughs> uh, so I'd also say like the fact that you finished it, man, is, 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 is incredible. And, and I admire the hell out of you for it because that's always been the thing that stopped me from ever finishing anything is like, it's not perfect and it won't be. And what if people don't like it? Ah, you know, like, boom, I can't go past mm. that. So the fact that you, uh, everything, everything about the, your process and, 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 uh, very inspirational from this side. I Thanks. can say that. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, and it, it's, I mean, granted, uh, you know, I did have a lot of people like, uh, dislike my voice a lot when that first record came out. So I think that kind of piled onto the, the sessions I did too. But, um, but I think the bigger concern for me was not as much like, are people going to like this as much as am I going to like it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, one, one of my, uh, a drummer that was in my live band kept saying to me like, come on, dude, better done than perfect. And, uh, you know, I, I actually, I still am a total perfectionist and I disagree with that. Right. Like I think, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as, uh, once again, as Bruford kept saying, uh, there is, uh, a sense in which the world doesn't need any more music. It's already got enough music, you know? And I think that's more true than ever because we're in the DIY age. We got Bandcamp. Like, if you're going to put out a piece of music, you have so much to fight through, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so to me, it's like, if I'm going to put the effort again into getting behind this promotionally, because, you know, it's kind of ridiculous these days. Um, you know, as a musician, you basically have to be good at about... 80 different skills right i mean yep. it, it, because mm -hmm. you know the money's not there anymore at all so you probably got to be good at several instruments be good at writing songs getting good sounds engineering mixing writing lyrics uh <laughs> marketing live, pr promoting yeah. yourself is a really Booking. big one managing mm -hmm. yourself um just you're expected to have so many skills and it's not possible for any one person to be good at all those skills right i mean it's, yeah. it's just <laughs> except yeah. for wolfpack the only one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, so so to me, if I'm gonna put in the effort of uh, doing that whole promotion cycle and fighting to to get people to hear something that I did, I want it to be something I can fully get behind. Otherwise, I don't see a point. Uh, yeah. That's because true. it's it's hard because I totally hear what you're saying and I totally agree with it. But I also just want to tell you, don't think of it that way. Like, don't think of it that way, because I, I, I think of it the same way with Mike, my band, like, yeah. right. I, I don't want to put out I don't want to put in the effort to, to making an album and, and to marketing it and, and doing all that work unless it's going to be perfect or if it's going to be any semblance or it's going to gain any kind of traction. But I also know that you're never going to start down the road unless you start working. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, you gotta... uh, so I, I don't know. I'm conflicted because I hear I hear both sides of what you're mm -hmm. saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, right. I I do too. That's that's the funny thing, you know. Because <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I also think in a, in a sense, just uh, you're asking people for their time, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're gonna ask people for their time, then there should be uh, should be really worth their time, right? And yeah. especially if you're gonna ask people for you know 70 plus minutes of their time in an age when no one's listening to albums anymore, right? Oh, how but, do you think uh, we feel every week? Hmm? You know, <laughs> this podcast is a similar right. thing. You know, uh, that's <laughs> about true. seventy about seventy minutes every yeah. week. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it, it's been incredibly <laughs> cathartic in that way. Um, if you just have to do seventy minutes every single week, all of yeah. a sudden you don't care about quality anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that's amazing. Uh, we'll try it again actually, next week. You know. <laughs> um, well, and also, and also, the the only other thing that I wanted to add on because I'm very much of the same opinion that that, that you are, Gabe, which is like. I'm not going to do this unless it's like mm. exactly what I think it needs to be in order to put it out and ask anybody to, to, to put their time and energy into listening to this thing. But at the same time, then like we, we, we watched, uh, the, um, the Alex winter uh, Zappa movie that came out a couple, a co about a month ago now. Yeah. And, and the thing that I didn't really, even though I've read his book and I've read so much about him is how much all of what he did was for him. He just wanted it for himself like right. he wrote it he or he heard it in his head and what he needed to get down and what he needed to have his band perform or the orchestra perform was what was in his head 
but it was only for him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so yeah, an entirely selfish viewpoint, but his idea was like, this is, I, I know what I want to create. That's what I'm going to set out to do. If you don't like it, that's fine. I expect that because I think I'm better than everybody. That's, that's that, <laughs> but, um, but like the, and, and, and that part of it, and I guess, I guess that, and also being a parent now, like where I've got something that you can hand be like this is this is a piece of who i who i am and you'll always have that i don't know that's the only other thing that i think is missing in that like is it perfect for the audience right now which is do it for yourself and also think of those that love you around you that will see this as a piece of you and always you know yeah that's a big part of it actually i'm trying to maintain that mindset and uh you know uh I, i listen to you know you hear career bands and they're just putting out records because they have to and you know after a certain point it's like there's no reason for me to listen to this over five albums ago you know Mm -hmm. at all and i I don't ever want to be in that position if i don't have to be you know and so for me it's like okay if my process is slow and uh you know to keep this really for me then it has to be slow then uh you know why feel pressured into putting something out just because it's been this long you know and it it does feel like this accumulated weight after a while of oh my god it's been this long since i put something out you know like i really need to put something out now then you're starting to get into sort of the career musician mindset and i'd I'd like to avoid that even though i i guess i am one (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah well you know obviously everyone has their different approach i mean i remember uh reading josh homey saying like you know I, i i don't like leaving the cookies in the oven for too long which I think is a good yeah. kind of example, um, but yeah, I mean, you, for for what you do, Gabe, you know, it's 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 it requires time, and uh, and it requires really precise execution, and so I think it's worth taking the time, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thanks. So, hey, how about another clip? We, yeah, let's do another track. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then I want to get into this uh, into some other some other stuff. Yeah, let's talk some King Crimson here after this. What's um, what's the last clip we have from Gabe's? Uh, is this build? Yeah, the build. I'm yeah. yeah, cool. Is there any uh, backstory to this one, Gabe? Yeah. So um, you know, because um, I wasn't really thrilled with uh, how the vibe of Interior City turned out, because it was all about the vibe uh, for me, and it was all about. Uh, I think music is almost spatial for me. Like, it's associated with a place in my head. And uh, so it was about capturing that place, and it didn't uh, necessarily accomplish that. So I've always wanted to kind of go back and do it again, you know, and almost the opposite of how bands tend to do things again, right, where they're like, oh, uh, you know, we're going to make it a lot shinier this time. Like, no, I kind of want to make it dirtier, you know. (laughs) I want it it to be grimier. And uh, so, you know, part of my idea for this was... uh, um, I basically have a, a whole other album's worth of, of material that came directly out of those sessions that wasn't finished in time. So, um, wow. you know, that I'd include that too. And it would be a double record or maybe a quadruple EP would be a better idea in these days. <laughs> um, and more accomplishable. Straight to box set, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> each of those EPs would probably be like 35, 40 minutes anyway. So, I mean, it's basically a record <laughs> by, uh, you know, most standards. But, uh so it'd mostly be a new second disc, but with the closing song, you know, move to the end of the second disc. And this was going to be the, or re- maybe will be the, uh, new closing song for the first disc. And, um, this was kind of, I guess, inspired, uh, actually probably by King Crimson a good bit because, uh, you know, I've been doing the, uh, Thrak book at the time mm. and I was really, uh, I've always loved on that record how, uh, you know, there are certain sections where the two drummers start playing in different time signatures and uh, the snares start pinging back and forth and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to do something like that, but uh, in an industrial setting and, uh, you know, Ooh. again with the dissonant vocal harmonies and, uh, you know, the failure inspired bass. Again, and, again know. with the dissonant vocal harmonies. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this time awesome. I was actually... Uh, you know, th- this is the one time where I was, I was trying to make it sound robotic because, you know, I think a lot of people hear the vocals on the first record they're like ah robot vocals and actually that's robot vocals uh just due to a comedy of errors really that that wasn't (laughs) the intention Uh, i didn't get that sense Um, i didn't get that sense uh, that's good um 
Whereas, whereas this, uh, you know, just it's like a, a, intentional robot voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, this is build. Let's check it out. It's like some talk about n- that for another half an hour. It's like some nine inch nails, crimson y. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's very a much. nice it's a nice well, stew. Well the full song is ten minutes long, so I'm glad you could listen to it for a lot longer. <laughs> Heck yeah. Hey, this is Nick. Another editorial insert here. Hope you enjoyed the first half of that conversation. Next week we're gonna talk to Gabe about his work with the band King Crimson, uh, transcribing uh, a lot of their music and how that process went and how it all came to be. And it's another, another fantastic conversation. So thank you so much. Have a great week.